This is for the rule breakers, the rebels, those who aren't afraid to shake up the status quo. If you're living your life your way, or if you're not, but like listening to people who are, this podcast is for you. It's never too late to learn how to ruin your own reputation. Welcome to How to Ruin Your Own Reputation, the show where I talk to people who either have unusual jobs or are living lives that people just don't quite understand and they're doing it unapologetically. My goal is to break down stigmas and myths and stereotypes to show people that we're a lot more connected and similar than we might expect if we just listen to people's stories. Today, my guests and I are going to be talking about something that our society doesn't really like to talk about very much, and that's sex and women over 50. My guest is Susan Jarvis, aka The Maven. Susan experienced her own sexual reawakening a little bit later in life and that inspired her to open the Spicy Boudoir, an online sexual health and wellness store that encourages not just sex, but satisfying, exciting sex for everyone, not just women, for everyone, including people who might be struggling with chronic illness or disability. Because Susan, as I believe that everyone is deserving of satisfying sex. So we are going to break down some stereotypes and some myths today. So we're going to jump right in. I'm going to say, welcome, Susan. Thank you for being here with me on how to ruin your own reputation. G'day, Marcy. It's, it's wonderful to be here and to see you again and, and chat because I've recently interviewed you for my podcast, That's The Maven's right. Private Diaries, and that was a real cracker of a conversation, <laughs> as we say in Australia. <laughs> and thank you for being here all the way from Australia. So before we even get into everything, I want to say that our society does put an expiration date on things like libido and sexual activity um, and sexual desire. It also puts limitations on us if we're not, uh, I don't know, we're, we're sort of expected to be sexual beings for a very short period of time within certain restraints. And the truth is, that's bullshit, right? Because I said at the beginning, isn't everybody deserving, if they want, of satisfying sex until they die? That's right. <laughs> I was, if I can just say, when we say society has an expiration date, we see that mirrored in advertising, in um, entertainment, Rarely do you see an older woman being portrayed as a sexual being. If she is, it's done in a way where she's a cougar or it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's ridiculous um, or mutton dressed as lamb. It's like, fuck that. It shits me. The only expiration date on a woman's pleasure is her date of death. Okay. Mm -hmm. Your clitoris will keep working until the day you die. But you need to keep using it because it's all about blood flow. And just like our brains, it's a case of use it or lose it, right? So that, please, please, if you're listening to this, take that away, um, that you need to keep touching your clitoris. And in terms of pleasure, we all have a right to pleasure and to be satisfied. And for women, women's pleasure is, is never really... Um, honored or portrayed again in advertising and entertainment you watch a sex scene it's always 30 seconds of this penile thrusting <laughs> mm -hmm. it needs to have a subtext 
this woman won't all get not all women <laughs> orgasm through penile penetration okay you know, when I have sex, I rarely have penis and vagina sex anymore. My darling and I, we take turns to pleasure each other. And sometimes mm-hmm. our sessions are, it's just all about me or it's all about him. And then the next day, it's the other person's turn. So, but rarely do we have um, penis and vagina sex. We focus more on touching and massage now, which is easier for cleanup. I don't have to go and <laughs> I don't have to go and pee after sex every time. So, but it's true though. That is what's portrayed all the time. Is you you do see? Well, that drives me crazy. That's why I never. That's why I was never much of a, a porn uh, consumer because I would want when it, when I had seen those scenes and you know the guys just pumping away and the woman's going crazy. Mm. I'm like, no, she's not. That's mm. not true. I I don't believe that for a second. But I think what's really important to go back for one second to what you're talking about how the clitoris is like a, every other muscle that you have to keep you have to keep working and and what you said is so true about women not being um sexual not just not sexual beings later in life because when you talk about entertainment a lot of the times you're right the women who are sexual older it is the cougar thing or there's a joke mm-hmm. around it but also when you see couples you'll see it'll be like a an older man if it's a guy in his 40s 50s 60s the woman that he's with is going to be younger very rarely yes. will she be at his age because god forbid uh, you know a man in that age will find a woman his own age mm. sexually attractive which is so crazy but i think the other thing that we do as a disservice the society does as a disservice to women is we kind of grow up even as kids knowing that boys masturbate it's just mm. a thing. We all know there's jokes about it all the time, about, you know, the mother walking in and the, the kids jerking off in their socks or whatever. But you don't hear about that with girls. Girls aren't told that it's normal to mm, touch and themselves, that it's, okay. that it's normal. But it's, and it's really, it's really not spoken about in the same way because I think for so long, our sexual <clears> pleasure <throat> really did come second. It really was, we were there to be the the sexual givers, not so much for ourselves. And I think that that's carried through. So I think it is so important that we hear the other, that we mm. hear more about our own, reclaiming our own sexuality. So can you share a little bit about, because you I mentioned at the beginning that you sort of had a sexual reawakening. Can you explain that? I, I certainly did. So um, I'll step back. About 17 years ago, I was in a marriage that was very uh, unhappy. I weighed about 165 kilograms and undiagnosed depression at that time. And a good friend wrote to me and just said, look, I'm so so worried that you're going to die an early death. Mm. And that was a real, what I call a champagne moment or crystallized moment And so I decided to change my life. I ended my marriage, but before I started on that journey, I started to exercise just by walking around the block. And that was like dragging concrete. Um, During this time of my life, I was celibate. For the last three years of my marriage, there was absolutely no sex because I went and moved to the other bedroom. Mm -hmm. And when I told him that the marriage was over, he was shocked and all that. Why, why would you think that everything was okay? There's no intimacy. So, um, so exercise, eating properly. Uh, once I'd um, 
you know, I used to extend my walking distance every fortnight just to keep pushing that um, boundary. And I ended up going to the gym three times a week and then also um, swimming as well. So over 12 months, I lost 40 kilos. Um, I also had separated from my husband. Uh, that was July 2005. And uh, went through a period there where in the space of 12 months, actually probably eight months, separated from my husband. My father was then diagnosed with terminal lung cancer in August. He died in December. Went home to stay with my family. We nursed dad. And he died at home with us. And then I came back to where I was living to find out that I was being made redundant after 21 years. That was probably one of the best, the best moments of my life because it gave me the financial freedom to then go to university. So um, I went through this period of awakening where I had a deliberate plan to awaken my intellect which I'd let go for so long my cultural joys I'd stop going to the movies I'd stop going to theater I'd stop going to uh, live music I'd even stop listening to music and I had always yeah. vowed I would never become out of touch with current music I didn't want to be this person who only ever listened to the music from their youth so um, I pride myself on staying in touch with current music. Keeps you alive and keeps you mm -hmm. on your toes. So, and I also knew that um, my dogs just come to say hello. Um, <laughs> that my sexuality was also a mission for me to explore, because before I got married, you know, I was a young, vivacious woman, uh, always been on the larger side, curvy. Um, I never had, I actually never had an orgasm with a partner, but I could always orgasm on my own. So I knew I could do it. And funnily enough, the first time I ever had an orgasm with a man was with my ex-husband. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't great sex. It was just the fact that I felt emotionally secure and safe. So that's the key for me, that emotional mm -hmm. safety. Okay. So that was... Um, 12 months after the marriage ended and I decided, right, I'm ready now to meet somebody. And my girlfriend actually baked me a birthday cake. I made a wish. I said, I, I want to meet somebody. <laughs> sure enough, the next day uh, on the dating site that I was on, this young, he was seven years younger than me, contacted me. I thought, oh, you're a, you're a bit of a hunk. <laughs> I don't know you hunk over there or a spunk. Mm hmm and um, we met and he said, so, so what are you looking for? And I said, just a bloody good root, which root is code for fucking, I guess, and just, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he was going to be what I call my six-week root or six-week fling or affair, and we ended up together for seven years, mm. which... Um, you know, was a great time for me. He was my safe harbor. Yeah, but I was going to say, what was the sex like? That was that. Were you able to enjoy your 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 body and yes. your sexuality during that oh, relationship? Yes, yes. Okay. I'm just going to go into that. <laughs> I had a bucket list, Marcy. Things like I had never experienced anal sex. Mm -hmm. Okay, 
Um, and we did it. It was great. I had the best orgasm ever. But you can still enjoy anal pleasure without penetration because what people don't know is, say that's our anus, that's like a rosebud of nerve endings. And if you use a glove with lube and just stroke that, if you, if you do that to a woman while she's playing with her clitoris, holy dooly, you know. <laughs> and, and if you can get your thumb in her vagina while you're okay. doing that and press on her G-spot, fireworks. All right. Waterworks and fireworks. Yeah. So anal sex was one of them. Um, so sorry, mum, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> she won't be. And... Um, <laughs> Then also I wanted to explore um, swinging and and having either group sex or with a, a threesome or with another couple, which for me, like I grew up as a Catholic, not, not a devout Catholic, but I was in a conservative family. Okay. Never thought I would ever do anything like that. I, I didn't even know that there was this um, subculture of sexuality outside of marriage where Ooh. couples oh, had yeah. sex with each other. I never knew that. I was like, yeah. oh, really? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, we had some wonderful experiences. Um, I was able to go and have sex with other men and then go home and talk to him about it, which was a wonderful learning space. You know, I would debrief about, you know, this this person's communication, you know, wasn't very good or I had a brilliant time. I always felt very safe because he always knew where I was and who I was meeting. And I always told that person, um, you know, there's a a six foot one man at home. He'll come and deal with you, blah, blah, blah. So so I always did it very safely. And I had. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you, just go back to to the age thing. So do you think that this was only something you could have done later in life because you said you had the bucket list. Did you start that after you left your marriage or did you always have that, but you weren't, but you just didn't get a chance. Like, did you become more adventurous? Is that, was that the reawakening that you became more adventurous after you left your marriage? Yeah. I think the bucket list did start while I was married. Like I bought my first vibrator a year before I ended the marriage. So I was about Mm. 36 so that's the beginning. I knew that I wanted to go on a bit of a journey and there was a lot more for me to explore, such as my bisexuality, that um, with my sexuality, um, I'm not so much bisexual, like I am attracted to women, but for me, I guess, who I fall in love with, it's not about their gender mm-hmm. or, or their body. It's always about their intellect and their heart. Mm. And and I'm just so lucky the person I love, he's fucking gorgeous. I've been very fortunate in life, Marcy, that while I've experienced death in my family and that has changed my view on life, right. I, I do believe that once you acknowledge your own mortality, mm. there's a shift that happens here and in your heart mm-hmm. and you start to let go of the shit that doesn't matter. Okay, like I, I don't give a fuck what other people think about me. Well, yeah. And I think you're, you've now embraced that as well. Okay? Right. Because the only people that matter is how I feel like I hold my integrity and my dignity 
they're the, they're the my most precious values for myself mm -hmm. and then my partner is the next person whose opinions count and then my daughter and anyone else who is judgmental yeah as i say you can go get fucked yeah yeah no absolutely so let's go back to what keeps other people and especially women from discovering their sexuality. I know when you were talking, one of the things that that I that resonated with me was I think that there are a lot of people who are in bad marriages and who mm -hmm. and who feel either that they because they are in separate rooms and there hasn't been any physical contact, and I, I understand that, that because not just the clitoris, but I think just our sexuality, if we don't use it, then I think it can wane. And I think our libido can drop. And I think that what people don't understand though, is not that, oh, okay, I'm not into sex anymore, or I don't have a sex drive anymore. It's, it could be very situational. So mm -hmm. not to give up on it. It's to, it's to know that it's not that you've lost your sex drive. It's just in this situation and you have to give yourself mm -hmm. a chance. I know I've been in relationships where <laughs> I've been in relationships where either the sex wasn't satisfying or the relationship wasn't satisfying. And I felt, I've always been somebody with a pretty high sex drive. Um, and when I felt that I was losing my libido, I'm like, wait a second. Like, I don't want, I, I like that I have a healthy sex drive. I don't want to lose that. So that sort of said to me, no, no, you're not going to give that up for this. And, and so I knew it was not the right situation for mm -hmm. me. Um, but I do think that, that there is this, um, this myth that when we, especially women, that when we get to a certain age, that it's just not important anymore. And for some people it isn't, I'm not, I'm not saying it is, it, it's not a necessity for some people, but for other people it is. And it's not something that we have to, that we have to expect will wane or that we should accept. Well, you know, I had my, I had a, I had a good run and it, I don't, I don't think that that, that we should be made to feel that way um and and it happens with men too and i was reading actually and you can tell me what you think about this that with men um i was reading as men get older they need more of a warming up before the bedroom like they need to maybe it's through a talk or text or something to they need mm. their engines revved up a little bit more as they get older and that there's pressure on them to be able to perform and again it comes down to there are so many ways to be sexual that don't have to be penis to vagina penetration there's so many and you're missing out if you think that that's, that's all right. there is you're you're missing out mm. so to explore take the time to explore toys and books yeah. and movies Look, and whatever i hope there are some men listening to this interview guys you don't need to have a hard cock to pleasure a woman okay a woman's clitoris actually lives in her mind this is this yes. is here and um I, I always refer to the the clitoris between our legs that's our doorbell basically <laughs> mm -hmm. okay so for women like I, i've said to my partner i need that invitation to be sexual to happen before we head to the bedroom mm -hmm. such as in the kitchen during dinner you know, give me a squeeze on the bum. Come up behind me while I'm at the kitchen sink and, you know, touch my ear with your whiskers and come down my throat and hold me and 
and fondle my boobs from behind. That always gets me going. And then pull my <laughs> pull my hair away and and get the yeah. name of my oh, I'm getting all <laughs> I'm getting all funny now. But it's it's weird, Marcy. When I say to women, if you're feeling asexual, particularly mm-hmm. when you're going through perimenopause and menopause, mm-hmm. hey, we should have had a bingo card for our listeners. Because we've said vagina, <laughs> clitoris, penis, perimenopause, menopause, uh, vulva, anus, yeah. rectum. <laughs> we should have played bingo. It's true. Bingo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, it's it's normal to feel like that you probably won't ever feel like having sex ever again. That's my lived experience now rarely does my clitoris tell me oh Susan you're horny right I don't I hardly get that anymore I used to get it when my ovaries were pumping out eggs I could see something on tv I could read something get that delicious buzz happening in my clitoris Mm -hmm. I don't get that anymore I have to work on this clitoris to become sexual and uh, my darling and I we you know, we had a situation, I'm, I'm not sure if I've talked about this in our uh, interview, where I was very dry during sex and I was becoming embarrassed about it, too embarrassed to say something because I felt I was letting him down by not showing any arousal, yeah. okay? okay? You know, there's always, oh, she's so wet, okay? You right. see that in, in cartoons and in literature, oh, you know, her yeah. panties were soaked. Well, yeah. look, when you hit perimenopause and menopause, it's like the Sahara, mm-hmm. okay? You very rarely produce your own lubrication. And if you do, it's normally at the end after orgasm. So I, I, one night we were being intimate and I just burst into tears and just said, look, I'm so sorry, I'm so dry. And he was so grateful for me to, for saying something because he had assumed it was him, that his technique wasn't, working and and not exciting me and it's like well how stupid were we not to trust each other to open up and speak all right so I always say to people one of the you know communication is key in all aspects of our life and and more so in the bedroom so thankfully uh, that actually put us on a little journey of exploration and we went and did two courses we went to a kink 101 because we'd never um never explored that uh it was wonderful i i was like oh what sort of people are going to be there thinking it's all going to be these bdsm tattooed mm-hmm. people in there. just ordinary mums and dads just mm-hmm. like us and it was a great workshop and for us it refreshed our um our view of how we come together and interact okay so we've taken those skills and we actually did an online course pleasuring the vulva how would you be so um he's now the master of my vulva and this is where we hardly ever have penis and vagina sex because the magic is all in the hands Mm -hmm. knowing knowing where to touch and how to touch and and using the wrong um but yeah so i just want to normalize for older women yes um, not everyone's going to walk around with the clitoris that's buzzing and telling you, I want to have sex. 
for some women, you'll feel nothing. You, you will feel absolutely nothing. But trust me, our bodies can respond to arousal. And in um, sex therapy, sexology, um, in the days when our ovaries are driving our bus, mm-hmm. that's a spontaneous arousal where we can get aroused just through external stimuli. Whereas once perimenopause and menopause have kicked in, our arousal is still there, but it's responsive and we need to invest time. Like it takes me a good half hour of foreplay and foreplay starts with conversation, eye gazing, kissing, touching before I'm feeling that I still don't get the buzzing in my clitoris, but I feel this relaxation and, and I know that my vulva is aroused because um, and I don't have it with me and I wish I brought it. Our clitoris is not just the little nub that you can see. Mm-hmm. Sit, sitting under our vulva is this whole structure. It looks like a mm-hmm. wishbone mm-hmm. and it's tissue just like from the penis. It fills up with blood and it becomes engorged. And I could actually feel pleasure by having, so that's my labia, um, pushing and massaging around. Feels fabulous. Putting a vibrator on there, a soft one, feels great. Um, I yeah, I wanted, a, sorry, I was just going to say, I wanted to say that, that, that I think it's, it's kind of going back to like exercise again, where sometimes you really think I'm so not in the mood at all. I can't imagine. But then once you start... Mm-hmm. then you're in the mood and then you remember how yes. good it feels. So it's the same That's thing. It's right. just, it's just trusting that your body will know what to do. And I think, yeah. I think also it's to not be afraid. I think people are still afraid of toys and bringing in other things. I think, mm. I think it feels again with, with women. I mean, we're not as much of an issue now, but I think we didn't grow up with that, you know, no, mm-hmm. we, our, our moms weren't coming into our room and saying, well, there's these kind of toys. So it wasn't the same thing. And I think that also there are men, there are men who do feel insecure mm-hmm. when a woman wants to bring a toy into the room as if they're not enough, but it's mm-hmm. like, why not just bring extra pleasure? Yes. And there are all sorts of different kinds of toys. And I would suggest to, to people too, Try out different kinds. You might try something and go, eh, not. But there yeah. are so many different kinds. That's right. I mean, and it could it could be light. Listen, could be life changing. Yeah. I tell you, it's it's leveling up to the next level. And and I would say to a guy, you know, if you're going to cut a piece of timber, you're going to use a handsaw or an electric saw. Hmm. You know, toys just add another dimension, and people shouldn't be threatened by them. Um, something I just want to touch back on we talked about um, what barriers people have mm-hmm. you know to, to investing in their sexuality shame and embarrassment is a big one like for me my shame um, I used to have body shame mm-hmm. because I've always been um, you know I, I always grew up believing I was fat and ugly and that was a bit of conditioning from a parent and I looked, there was one day I looked at a, a picture of me when I was 12 and I thought, I'm not fat. Yeah. I'm athletic. Like I was solid, I was just a solid sporty girl. And um, there was a moment too in my marriage where um, we'd, we'd already separated and I came back from the gym and my hair was wet, so I'd gone for a swim as well. And I walked in and I, I did a double take in the mirror because, oh, my God. 
I could see my beauty. I could finally see my beauty emerging. And like now, I still have a bum and a belly and I have hair on my chin, <laughs> but I love myself. I'm, I'm fucking sexy. I'm the sexiest well, woman on the planet. That's awesome. I mean, here's, here's the thing too. It, it's interesting because, again, society would tell us that our, our, our beauty has less worth as we get older, so we have less worth. I know a lot of people, a lot of women will talk about feeling invisible in their 40s and their 50s and, and older. But I've also read that we, a lot of women deal with less body image issues as they get older when it comes to sex, because it is that feeling of, of well, we've had these bodies forever. We know what they can do. We've been through, some of us have been through childbirth. Some of us have been through physical illnesses that have changed mm-hmm. us and, and, and changed our bodies. And and I think that we kind of own the changes more and really don't care as much what other people think. And, and I think also when we're younger, we are, especially if we're moms or if we're in, in partnerships where our entire lives are taking care of others, we're at a point now where, oh, wait a minute, what do I want? What do I need? And so it's liberating. And mm. so there is that part of being older that the body image issues for some reason, even though we're told, no, you're not as attractive, a lot of us are saying, well, hold on a second. <laughs> I don't care what you think. Now is my time. And, and that's, there's, a, there's a lot of power mm. in that. You know, and not look, and, and again, not looking for, because there's, there's a lot of talk with couples and stuff, but as a single woman in my fifties, I will tell you that, um, yeah, you don't need a partner to be, <laughs> to be sexual, you know, I That's mean, <laughs> you, I listen, I heard myself tell my toy. I loved it the other day. I haven't said that to anybody in a really long time. I don't know. I found a really good one. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, you know, you have to. You have to, it's shame again, you know, don't, don't feel shame around what gives you pleasure, whether, whatever it is, if you're not hurting mm. anyone, then, mm. then in pleasure is pleasure. Life should mm. be full of pleasure. There's so many hard, tough well, challenges that we go through, you know, in balance, it's a stress relief. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I really do believe we've got a clitoris for a reason. And I know there's been studies done about, um, sexual pleasure like in our caveman days where it was all part of the the fabric that kept um, a man and a woman together, the man as the carer <clears throat> and protecting the family and so forth. But there's got to be something in there for the woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think pleasure is part of stress relief as well. And I've yeah. certainly, you know, I've used orgasms as a way to get to sleep. Mm-hmm. If I've had a headache, right. I've just knocked one out. And, you know, it's funny, <laughs> on my own, here's an interesting fact. Okay, so I'm house-sitting at the moment, and um, I'm, so I'm sleeping at, at a different place and coming home during the day. Mm-hmm. And so I've taken my favourite toy over there, which is the Melt by WeVibe. It's a little clitoral suction device. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I'm having partnered sex, I'm looking at half an hour sometimes, sometimes shorter. But for some reason, when I'm on my own, I can have an orgasm in under 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like, what? That's not. Well, you know exactly not... where to go, too. I mean, I find. I do. 
I do, but you know, I know exactly where to go when I'm using it with my darling as well. Oh, so right. Right, it's, right, right. it's weird when I'm on my own, I've always been able to achieve climax quicker. Not, not that I'm timing myself, but I guess there's less, um, less hurdles to jump. Like I used to find during sex, <clears throat> I'd be thinking, oh, if the dog's got water, uh, what, what shopping <laughs> do I need to add to the list? Right. You know, what bills have to be paid? Right. And it was always hard to push these day-to-day thoughts out of my head. So I, I have learned to be more mindful around um, when I'm being sexual and just listen to my body and, and really examine, well, what's happening with my nipple? Oh, it's going hard and, and that flickering is feeling great. And that helps shut out the, the noise. Right, take your time. Mind. You don't have yeah. to rush. Exactly. Yes. Like it's, uh, it's like a luxury. People will set... People go into the bathtub and they'll set their bubble baths and they'll, you know, have their music and their candles. So they'll take the time mm. for that. But it should be the same thing for, for self-pleasure. Just mm-hmm. take the time. Like, mm-hmm. again, light the candles, put on some music, you know, yeah. let the imagination go. Yeah. And self-pleasure is self-care as well. And mm-hmm. it's great for your skin. Like, like I'm 55, <laughs> okay. And um, well, my eyes are a bit puppy this morning because I, only rolled out of bed an hour before our interview, so I had a late <laughs> night. Um, I'm 55. I can do that. I can get up whenever I want. That's right. Um, but God, uh, gee, I noticed a difference in my skin after an orgasm. Yeah. It's um, soft and glowy and dewy. So it keeps you young. And I also think um, as we age, if we continue to touch our clitoris, massage our penises, you you're firing up all these um, electronic um, signals that our brain has in our body and our nervous system. And I can't help but think that those who practice self-pleasure or continue to be sexual will be steadier on their feet as they age because falls, falling in older age is a thing. Like it's, right. It's, mm-hmm. it's, and I know I've worked in the health industry and, you know, once a woman has fallen down and broken her leg or broken a hip or broken her arm, there's a decline in the quality of their life. So I say to people, if you want to stay on your toes and, and stay sharp and intellectually sharp, please, 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 please keep practicing with your clitoris or your penis. Don't give up on pleasure. You know, there's a, there's a doctor here in Australia and I'm not going to crucify her quote um but it's what else makes you feel more alive than sex and yeah. orgasm and i've added well you could jump out of a plane but it's a lot damn safer and less expensive to masturbate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah keep keep stay in touch and stay connected with your body i just think it's a direct line of um of joy from your brain to your clitoris so well I agree too I mean I think I think there is a mental health aspect to it I think it's sort of a catch-22 in the sense that if you're feeling down then the last thing you feel like doing is is having sex or masturbating but if you did then it it can change your mood so it's it's sort of looking at it as again a not not 
something naughty that you're doing necessarily. It's, it's, it's just something that you're doing for yourself. And it, mm. it is another type of self-care that we don't mm. often hear about like that, but it, yeah. it, it really is important. And, uh, and so my, another question I have is, so what made you actually open up a store? And okay. Product- so, um, so I really wanted to focus also on older women because I understood what it was like to become invisible. And when we say, when I say that, look, I'm not here to be pretty for anybody else but me, mm. okay? Mm-hmm. It, it links back to not giving a fuck about what other people think. I know I don't have the body of a pinup model or playboy. Um, I've watched men who see a woman walk past and they, you know, their neck nearly breaks looking at them. Um, just to add in this, I know too that I'm great in bed, okay, through mm. my experiences in the open relationship and with my darling, I love walking past a handsome man knowing that there's no way he's going to turn his head and look at me because I don't have the breasts, I don't have the bum, the curvy waist, but little does he know that the woman who can give the best head just walk past. Cool. That's yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he'll never have that. So, um, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's some power in that. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. You know, and I know I, I, I'm bloody good at fellatio and I love it. I love giving fellatio. So, my darling's a very lucky man and he's very good at, <laughs> he's a very cunning linguist as well (laughs) so um but i digress so i just wanted um to put forward to the world a um the spicy boudoir is a very tasteful and elegant nothing crass my journey that i want women to go on and men too it's it's not about getting off it's about getting on your journey and tapping into because once you start to work on your sexuality you open up this energy in your body it's helped me become happier in life Uh, my communication skills have improved my confidence has elevated to the next level because I now know if I can ask for what I want in the bedroom I can ask for anything in life Mm. so my resilience is reinforced and so i'd say to women all the time if you can learn to ask for what you want in the bedroom then you can ask for what you want in your relationships and in Mm -hmm. your workplace once you're open with your stuff that when you when when you share things that most people don't share it just it shows people that you're open and that Mm -hmm. non-judgmental and it gives people a safe place to do that which is why it's so important that people like us do share so that people do feel safe in doing that because the worst thing is to feel like you can't you have these questions or needs or whatever and you and and sometimes because of that shame that we talked about earlier that people are afraid to talk about it or that they feel like there's something wrong when really there's nothing wrong I mean nothing unless you're it's non-consensual um, then there's nothing that's that should be taboo because because if it feels good for you and your partner or it feels good for you on your own, then why not? I mean, so, I think that I I and, and that's great. And I think um that's where we're gonna put all your information. But but 
I mean, I think uh, an important message too is to not be afraid of our bodies. Like, I don't think we know sometimes, especially if we're with one partner for a long time, or even if we're, we're on our own and we sort of think like, this is the peak, you know, it's, it's, there are different levels to mm. our pleasure. And I, and, and I would also suggest to, to people to, to not be afraid of what your body can do and to try different That's things right. because life That's is too right. short to stick with a level one orgasm with. <laughs> when you can hit other <laughs> you're can never I, too old I mean that's the thing right yeah, to discover just on new that, things. Never, never too old can I just share with your listeners um there's a wonderful Australian movie that came out this year and I think it's now dropped you know on Google Play and YouTube and it's called How to Please a Woman hmm. and the story it's based on a true story here in Australia Mm. It was a cleaning company that employs men to go and clean your house, but they also provide orgasms. Ooh. Oh, this sounds familiar to me. I feel like I've, I feel like I've seen the trailer. Oh, look, it's a great, great movie, <laughs> uh, and but it explores the storylines a little bit. There's all these older women who have either given up on their sexuality, they're in a relationship, and there's no the sparks dying. There's one woman who wants to experience um, uh, her, or explore her bisexuality now that her children have, you know, grown mm-hmm. up and moved out. Um, it's just a beautifully done, beautifully made, beautiful scenery. Yes. Um, and the other one, other film um, recently with Emma Thompson. Yes. Uh, yeah. Good that. luck to you, Leo Grand. If you yeah. haven't seen that, go and see it. Yeah, I, I teared up at the end of that movie. The, the one thing I, I, I'm thinking though too is when you're saying, and I'm glad you mentioned the, the bisexuality part of it because, you know, if you're going to make a movie about how to please women, listen, some of those cleaners should be women because women know how to please women. And right. uh, I, yeah, and that's, that's another thing. If, if, if somebody's listening and, and they've been in a straight situation and they're, they're having some, some thoughts, go for it. You won't be disappointed. That's all I can say. That's right. Um, let's, let's live a life where we create deathbed memories for ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's my mission. And I know when I die, if I'm lucky enough to live to a very old age and have a natural death, holy dooly, you know, I'm just going to have, I'll be dying with a smile on my face. So I feel very satisfied because I don't want to have any regrets. Absolutely. I say all the time now that I've gone from being somebody who people say, she's doing what? She did what? Because I'm going, she's doing, oh, of course she did. Oh, there's Marcy doing that, you know, and that's, and that's the thing. I mean, I want to keep surprising people, but at the same time, I want to, I, I like that people aren't surprised that I do surprising things. You yeah, know, I, yeah. again, I also don't want to get to the end of my life and have a bucket list still. I want, mm. I want to be able, like you said, I like that, the deathbed. I like to be able to to look back and go, oh, not in, instead of I wish I had, mm, to be mm. like I I'm so glad I did. Or and then look, there's some things that I could have done without, but I'd yeah. rather have some of those and and so many more of the I'm glad I did than I wish I had because mm. that's just a that's a sad way. That's right. Well, I'd, I'd just like to share this quote by a fabulous American sexologist Betty Dodson, who sadly died. I think last year, the year before, she said, death is the final orgasm. So Oof. please, 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 please don't let that be your one and only orgasm in life mm. and don't let it be your last. 
Wow. Sorry, okay. have one before you don't. That's a that's a great so that's a great note to end it on. Yes. So thank you so much. I love your openness and I love I love that we can have these two women over 50 talking about sex so openly. I think that's we've come we've come a long way. And I think mm. uh, I think there's some people who still be uncomfortable with this conversation and, and good people need to become a little uncomfortable. That's right. The only way you become comfortable is to move for your feelings of feeling uncomfortable. So um, I'm hoping that, I mean, I love talking to you, Marcy, and I'm pretty sure there'll be somebody who takes a spark away and starts to make change in their life. Absolutely. um, In wrapping up, I just always say to people, make sure you touch yourself tonight. Ooh, I like, I I second that. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We're going to have all your information listed so people can get in touch with you because I'm sure people have follow-up questions and want to keep in touch. And I'm excited to see what you're going to do next because it sounds like there's a lot and I'm going to check out your store. So yep. thank you, Susan, for the amazing you're welcome, for chatting with us and check out the Spicy Boudoir. And uh, mm-hmm. to everyone else, thanks for checking in again to how to ruin your own reputation. And I will see you next week. Take care. Ciao. Don't forget to subscribe to How to Ruin Your Own Reputation, available now everywhere you get your podcasts.